My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Creative Grapevine. If you enjoy listening to My Wax Museum, you might also enjoy listening to Knights and Nerds. It's an incredible D&D podcast created by my friend Tim. I'll let him take it away. Knights and Nerds is not just an actual play D&D podcast with an original campaign being played by a group of friends who tolerate each other. It's also a podcast where I, the Dungeon Master, talk about how I'm adapting to the choices the players make, as well as revealing to you, the audience, the complex story and deadly twists that I have in store for my players. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or at knightsandnerds.com. Now on with the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by my friend, Mario Sadra de Young. Mario is someone who thinks and cares deeply. During our conversation, we talked about his shift away from the religion he was brought up in, how his friends have helped him through the hard times and been there in the good times, and we talked about the impact he hopes to have on the world, particularly through film and TV. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mario Sadra de Jong, welcome to My Wax Museum. Hello, it's good to be here. It's it's good to have you. You are actually, you're my first uh, Kiwi guest, uh, my first guest from New Zealand. Oh, hell yeah. Um, which is kind of exciting for me. I, I feel like... I've gotten guests from a few different places. I'm kind of surprised it's taken me this long to to get in touch with Kiwis to to know them well enough to have them on the show. But uh, but I'm happy to have you here. Would you mind jumping in? This is the way we start every episode. Just starting off how we how we know each other, how we got in touch. Yeah, sure. So um, me and you, Alex, uh, we got to know each other. Uh, we both did. We do, we both run podcasts. And uh, me and my co-host, Waffles Williams, uh, had you on our show, and we were on your show, The People of Home, and uh, so we collaborated on a podcast episode together, and we really hit it off, so you were like, hey, you want to be on Wax Museum? And I was like, sure, man, I'd love to. So uh, and that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where it all began. So, okay, so you're from New Zealand. Um, why don't we start, where in New Zealand are you from? Where, like, where, where did you come from? Sure. So I live in Christchurch and I'd consider myself from Christchurch. However, I was born in um, in Auckland, which is a city to the north in, in, in the North Island. It's our largest city in New Zealand. Um, so I was born there and then I moved to Christchurch when I was about six months old and I've lived here ever since. So, um, yeah, so I'd consider myself a Christchurcher. Okay. Is that what, what you call yourself? Christchurcher? Christchurcher, um, I call myself that. I don't know if anyone else in the city calls themselves that. I think people, everyone else in the city calls themselves uh, a man. I can't wait to get out of Christchurch. <laughs> um, but maybe that's maybe that's just a them thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is okay. So tell me about Christchurch. I've never been to New Zealand. What is it like? It's uh, it's a good time. We've in terms of events, we've I feel like we've been quite a busy wee city. We, uh, I'm not sure if it was international news or how big it was, but back in 2011, 2012, we, no, 2012, 2013, uh, we had two major earthquakes, which basically leveled the city. Uh, we had 253 people dead. Wow. 252 people dead. 
um, which is, you know, small considering other earthquakes in other countries, but it was, for our cities, it was pretty, pretty big. So, um, yeah, so half the city got leveled yeah. and we're still rebuilding seven or eight years later. So that happened. And then more recently, we had the mosque shootings here in Christchurch, um, twenty the 2019 mm-hmm. mosque shootings. Um, so that was that was a big eye opener for us as well, uh, in terms of how we how we viewed the Muslim community here in New Zealand, and sort of a big wake up call as to the racism that we very subconsciously but still very prominently feature in our community. So um, it was a good it was a good wake up call for for our country, I think. So yeah, we, we, in terms of recent history, it's been pretty big. Um, and uh otherwise it's a nice wee city it's pretty english it's very english from what i understand uh we've got a lot of parks a lot of trees so um and and the roads were not designed for more than two cars side by side so there's lots of traffic congestion at the worst times uh but uh, yeah that's uh, <laughs> probably the best way i could sum it up is that you can you've got a beach you've got a vo- you've got a beach you've got a forest and you've got hills all within half an hour of driving but it's the half an hour of driving that will get you because that's you never know which way you never know when the traffic is about to hit and you can end up being stuck in traffic for annoying amounts of time <laughs> interesting i i guess <laughs> when people think of new zealand they're not usually thinking traffic uh <laughs> so um sure. so i i i'm curious you um in the questions that I asked you, and I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the podcast at this point, because this episode hasn't come out yet, but we're, I'm doing a bunch of questions beforehand, and those are going to be posted on Instagram, and, uh, and I always do it before we do the interview so that I kind of get an idea uh, of, I don't know, some interesting things about you, I guess. Um, so tell me a little bit more about like your growing up experience what was it like you talked about in those questions you talked about how you felt happier as a kid um and and if we if we can get real i'd like to kind of pick that apart a little bit like what was what was happy about your childhood for you (laughs) um well uh i could do the whole i could do a sob story (laughs) um so uh my my parents are both um they're not from New Zealand so my dad is Balinese and my mum is Dutch so they're both from their from their own countries respectively and they both met in Bali and then moved to New Zealand shortly after so I'm an I'm an international baby um and uh they they both uh split up when I was six and um and they and they had marital issues which continued for the next seven or eight years uh, and during that time, I wasn't close with my dad. I was very close with my mum and my my older brother, and that was about it. Um, and then so, in when I was about twelve years old, my brother left home and went to live with my dad. And after he did that, then me and my mum sort of had to look after each other for a bit. And then uh, and then I moved out. And then I was like, and I think uh, as you may have heard in my questions, I was like, hang on a second, everything I've been taught is a lie. I don't believe in, um, I stopped being Christian. Um, gay people weren't bad. Uh, I started being a much more mindful and much less um, just a prejudiced person after I moved out. So I'm really grateful that I had that chance. So yeah, so in terms of background, um, in terms of me being happier, I feel like in the period when before my brother left home and stuff, I was pretty happy. I was happy sort of 
life was life it seemed exciting it felt like I was you know I, I wasn't sure where I was going but I knew that I was going to get there and part of that may have been that I had that I had faith in a religion uh, I don't want to I don't want to cross any lines here and say you know like that it's all bullshit or anything but for me at least it didn't it didn't work out uh, and I lost my faith and after that point uh, yeah I'll admit I, I lost a bit of happiness because having an objective having something objective to say that that's that that I can be happy from something else meant that I now have to be happy by myself I can't rely on any um any any outside components or any um I can't rely on anything other than myself to be happy I guess is a lesson I had to learn if I'm not happy by myself then I'm not really going to be happy I can't rely on friends and such to distract me from my from being upset or lonely uh you've got to be happy with yourself before you can expect to be happy with anyone else so yeah that was i think in terms of childhood memories that's why i would say i was i used to be happier (laughs) interesting so okay so i'm curious um going through this mental shift having that cognitive dissonance where where you're viewing reality one way and then and then something clicks or changes and then now you start seeing things differently how have you i guess how have you worked through that and how have you um managed to put at least some of that happiness back together within yourself yeah sure um, I can definitely say one of the key components were my friends around me. Um, you've met my, you've met one of my best friends, um, Waffles Williams, uh, who I run a, a show, a podcast show with, and he helped me through some really tough times. Um, and and he is he is he is Christian, and it is a great subject for many arguments between us. But but we're always, we're, we always respect each other's opinions, and we always respect each other's beliefs. Uh, but he helped, he sort of helped me, especially coming out of, um, being an ultra conservative Christian where I believed that create, I believed in creationism. So I was like, the earth is six, is 6,000 years old. Um, everything, evolution is a lie, all of that stuff. So coming out of that waffles was like, no, think about it. Evolution, like explains, explain all to me, explain science, explain chemistry. And even though I'm not really smart enough to fully understand it, I'm like, oh, you know what? I kind of get that. That actually makes more sense than like 6,000 years ago. Wow. All right. Uh, so, um, so definitely having the friends around me, having friends around me who were supportive of me and cared about me really helped. Um, and there were times, you know, like I think, have you ever heard of the story of the masks you wear? Uh, there's three masks you wear. There's the one you wear when you're around strangers. And there's the one you wear when you're around your friends and friends and family, people you know. And then the third one is a mask that only you ever see. It's the one you wear at home when you're alone. Um, and so I feel like that's true to all of us is that we, we're always going to be happy around friends and stuff because... It gives us a chance to stop being that third person. It stops. It's, it helps us be a more friendly and more sociable version of ourselves. So I, I really relied on friendships for a long time to sort of get me through harder times. Um, but then you know, obviously that that doesn't last. Some friendships fall apart, and sometimes you just end up being feeling lonely or feeling rejected. And in those times, it's really hard to. It's really hard to. Um, to find your own happiness because it doesn't feel like you can be happy without someone else being there to make you happy. 
But I think that was the hardest lesson I had to learn was that I need to be happy with myself, by myself, before I can be happy with anyone else. Um, and that's still a struggle, but it's, it's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. Okay, so what about yourself uh, makes you happy then? I regularly, uh, I'm sure everyone does. I refuse to believe that no one else does does this. I regularly talk talk out loud. <laughs> so like, um, I find that if I'm like alone and stuff, I'll be I'll just be like doing characters and accents and stuff. So um, uh, kind of a little bit off topic, but me and a friend, I uh, mean a couple of friends have been playing the video game Sea of Thieves recently. I'm not sure if you're aware of okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so as part of that, we started doing pirate voices and pirate accents to fit the theme of the game. Um, and coming out of that for the last few weeks, I've not been able to stop myself from going, yo, are you be having a shower now? And like, just enjoy <laughs> like being ridiculous about the stupid, the stupidest things, but finding that, that joy in it, you know, brushing your teeth or yo, I be late for work. And, <laughs> and like, it's just an example of how you can find silliness. I think being silly makes me happy. So I find ways to be silly about the most mundane things, and that keeps me going. Interesting. Okay, so um, kind of kind of leaning into that into that silliness and into that, um, I guess I mean acting part of your life. Yeah, sure. Um, you've mentioned to me before we've talked about this how how you're into film and um, and you'd like to develop that skill and and do it professionally. Um, so what what does your life experience do to influence that art that you create sure um well i tell everyone this who i meet i studied i got a i've got a bachelor in performing arts uh i studied at our national academy uh for acting here in new zealand um and i was going to be an actor i really wanted to be an actor uh, but then in 2018, no, 2017, I did a professional tour. I joined in halfway through the year and I toured around New Zealand and Australia performing in primary and high schools doing like educational shows. Um, so like it's not the big the big acting role you think about, but it, for me it was like the, very, the start of a, of a big acting career. But in doing that, I realized just how much I hate doing other people's stories. Um, and that's actually what ended up making me decide that I didn't want to, didn't want to keep doing acting was that I didn't like reading a script and then have, trying to work out what someone else wanted me to do. And so I had a very rebellious phase where I was like, well, I don't want to be an actor if I can't, if I can't be the, who I want to be. So that's when I sort of turned back to film and I was like, cause film lets you tell your story. It lets you control what people see and actors are part of the thing that you control. So let me, um, I have a lot of power. I have a lot of power hunger. Um, I'm a very power hungry person. So, uh, so being, being able to control the narrative and control what audiences see is really exciting to me. And, um, and having an acting background certainly helps with that because you, you know how to make the audience feel what you want them to feel. Uh, and I feel like that's, that's the whole point of storytelling on a deeper level. I feel like that's the point of storytelling is trying to make the, the audience feel what you want them to feel or experience what you want them to experience. And that's something you can't really do through acting, but you can with film. Interesting. I, I was actually, um, just telling somebody the other day how how I really want to like make something that makes the audience cry. Yes, you know, like yeah. that, not in a bad way, but like to draw out <laughs> that emotion, to have that effect on somebody. Yes. Hey, future Alex here. Just interjecting to mention that My Wax Museum 
has an Instagram page, which has a ton of bonus content. Here's a quick sample. How would you summarize your life in one sentence? Oh no, what's happening here? Huh? Uh, no, I, I feel like summarize my life in one sentence. Yeah, prob- probably something along the lines of, oh God, oh no, what am I doing? Fire is everywhere. Something along those lines. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> For some reason, that just sounds right to me. <laughs> Our Instagram handle is mywaxmuseum. Easy, right? We hope to see you over there soon. Now, back to the show. Out of the work that you've done already, have you seen... Um, have you seen any of it affects, affect people on an emotional level, whether it's sad or happy or angry? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, the, most of the work I've done, actually all the work I've done has been through the year I studied recently at film. Um, I studied at a college called UB Colleges. Uh, and so when I studied there, I, every project I worked on, I tried to, I tried to challenge myself in a different way to try and draw out a different emotion. So one of them, which was very experimental and didn't work, but I just remember enjoying trying to conceive was a story about a balloon that gets lost and has to like make its way back to its owner. Um, we had a very, a very similar ad here in New Zealand for Lotto, for the lottery. And um, it's about a dog that goes missing. And then he finally comes home with a Lotto ticket to find his, his owner has a cat instead. So he just goes, he leaves and gives a ticket to a homeless guy. Uh, New Zealand ads are a bit weird. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I was kind of going off that as well, using that sort of inspiration, but I wanted to make it in a completely inanimate object. I wanted the audience to care about something that's not, that's not alive. Mm-hmm. So I picked a red balloon for that because it kind of seems innocent. And so when you see a balloon traveling by itself down the street, you're like, ah, oh, it's a balloon. And then when at the very end, um, waffles was my actor in that. So when it, when at the very end, uh, it arrives finally, finally arrives back home and sees that Waffles is now patting a dog, looks at the balloon very, very knowingly and then looks back at the TV again, completely ignoring the balloon. And the balloon just floats away into the sky. Oh. And so people were laughing. <laughs> people were laughing a lot, which wasn't the, wasn't the plan. <laughs> but, but it was still a cool way to experience and to, to plan something that, um, to plan something a, a bit more different, a bit more unique. Right. A bit of a challenge trying to make a balloon seem alive was, was the fun of that. Huh. Yeah, that is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, personifying something like that. Um, yeah. So, What's the word for that? Is it anthropomorphizing? Is that for animals only? Anthropomorphizing. No, I think that... I think it's... The plastic inanimate? both work, probably. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah making it human-like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Seem alive. Yeah. I think, I think anthropomorphizing um, yeah. is actually the right word. I think personify is to be like an emotion like you know like you personify comedy or you know something like that yeah you personify death or something yeah as a grim reaper yeah sure yeah sort of assign a character yeah 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 good good work (laughs) look at us look at us uh so (laughs) look at us (laughs) so uh i you you mentioned to me before uh that that you want to go into tv Mm. Um, so what's, what's the draw to television for you? And, and maybe, maybe if you want to share, I'm curious about what you have in mind. (laughs) No, sure. So, um, I, I had a really fascinating 
um, discovery recently, as in like two years ago recently, uh, there's a channel on YouTube, which I recommend everyone go watch because it's fantastic. It's called Game Maker's Toolkit. Uh, and it's, it is a hundred percent about game design, a uh, video game design. And I'm not a video game designer. I don't, I don't ever plan on being a video game designer, but the way that the guy, Mark Brown, who makes these videos, the way he makes them are just so brilliant. I always find myself like just wanting to watch his videos. They just, there's something unique about them. So even though I'm learning about stealth mechanics and um, level design and stuff, and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Like that's, that's cool. That's great. But like, I'm just fascinated the way he puts it together so that I, I can't help but not want to watch. So, um, yeah, he did, he did a really interesting video called The Language of Video Games, where he sort of pulled apart how video games are different as a medium from film or from books, essentially. Uh, and it seems kind of obvious, like, ah, oh, well, that's a video game. But he was talking about how you can actually tell a unique story through what makes through you can tell a unique story through the unique medium. So video games, that's mechanics and interaction. Uh, so how would you tell a story without dialogue, without any of that? Could you do it with just interaction? And you can. And so I sort of took that into film as well. Like um, in film, you'd call it visual storytelling. What are the parts of film that you can't do in any other medium? So to that end, TV is TV shows are kind of a unique medium. You've got, you've got say um, you've got about twelve or fifteen episodes in a season which means that you now have one story you can you can sort of pull out over that duration. You can explore the theme of the show and the characters themselves in multiple ways throughout each different episode. So I used to want to be a film director, but the more I think about it, the more I get excited about TV giving you that flexibility to explore multiple ideas over a longer time, but in a, in a more consumable way. So... Um, in terms of ideas, uh, I my final film project for Yubi was a short film called Dead Inside, uh, which was started off as a joke and it ended up actually being quite a lot, quite a lot of fun to think about and work on. Um, do you want the story for it or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. So the story is um, is I feel like fairly fairly fun. So it's about two modern day exorcists who basically go around and ask ghosts to leave. They ask ghosts to move on from their lives. Um, and ghosts themselves are just very normal people. They're just slightly transparent. Um, and so their unfinished business is what these exorcists have to do. So it might be something as stupid as like, oh, my, my library books are overdue. So the exorcist then has to go and drop off the library books. And then that was their unfinished business. And now the ghost can move on. Uh, but there's kind of a weird... There's a weird kind of uh, more, what's the word? Morbid, 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 morbidity, morbidity. That's the word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a kind of a weird morbidity to it because obviously it's death. Like someone has died and they can't move on to the afterlife until their dog is, uh, has the, has until the gate is locked in the house so the dog can't leave. And so it's like really trivial, unfinished business. Um, and to me, that's the joy of the show is exploring the almost nihilistic, or the almost cosmic nihilistic approach to life and that ultimately in the grand scheme of things we don't like what makes us happy is 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 different for every person and that no one thing will ever make you happy uh, so they often explore within the theme of the show that unless the person themselves is happy then they're not going to be happy and uh, because every person or because all the people they're dealing with are dead there's a, a much more unfiltered 
way we can explore it because now they're dead they don't really care anymore they're like well i did my time you know i raised three kids that's my job done i just need to return the car to the garage and i can move on to the afterlife so it's got a very casual a very casual but very morbid approach to um to life i do have the uh the the film online if you if you want to yes, share yes, it or something or see it at some point I, i'll uh, uh i'll put a link to it in the show notes oh <laughs> sure thanks uh yeah it's just it's just a lot of fun um i think it's funny people people when they watched it in our live viewing of it found it quite funny so uh it's it's a very you should be laughing the whole time and while you're laughing you're like this is kind of a little bit sad and then you're back to laughing again so <laughs> uh yeah striking that nice bittersweet medium <laughs> so okay so so you want to go into tv um you're obviously a fan of comedy um may maybe real quick if you want to explain uh, the comedy that you're doing right now with Waffles, who you've mentioned a couple times. Um, what are you guys doing? And uh, and we're not quite wrapped up, but I just feel like it's a good time to to plug that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so me and Waffles, Waffles Williams, um, he'll have to explain to you how he got his name. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> he uh, We both run an improvised comedy podcast called Waffles and Mario Talk About Things. And the name very much says what the show is. Yeah, it uh, does. <laughs> yeah. We literally were out walking one night and we were trying to come up with a new podcast idea. We both knew we wanted to, we wanted to do something that was improvised. Um, <laughs> I think it was me. I, was, I said, uh, I think we should do, what, what if we call it something like, Waffles and Mario talk about things. And like, yeah, that's it. That, that was it. That was a fantastic idea. And we just went with it and that inspired the entire podcast. So we basically just talk about whatever whatever we want. It's always going to be comedic and it's always going to feature some wacky character or some stupid reason to do a 30-minute episode. Uh, so in terms of improvised comedy, me and Waffles both really work together on that. We both know how to listen um what to look out for and if we don't then we both say that was shit <laughs> you're bad at this and we argue but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's it's a fun way to explore comedy and being being improvised means you we when we both click record we have absolutely no idea what's gonna have happened by the time we press stop and i think that's the most exciting thing so um in terms of comedy, yeah, it, improvised comedy uh, in the podcast is—I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make like a wrap-up sentence, but it's not really coming along. So, as Eleanor Roosevelt once said, "We have nothing to fear but fear itself." I wow. don't think that was Eleanor Roosevelt, but I—I I feel inspired. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, your guys' show is really, really funny. Um, oh, thanks. And I was fortunate enough to feature on it. I'm guessing that as long as you guys want to keep that episode that'll be out before this episode comes out um, yeah it was a very good episode i do recommend um you're very funny thank you thank <laughs> you really you. made us laugh so um yeah i'm very excited to release that yeah it'll uh that'll be out probably still f i think in like a month and a half or something um, yeah I'll, sure yeah because we're gonna release it like at the same time ish right yeah, exactly. Um, so um, maybe a bit of background. So um, our episode on Waffles and Mario Talk About Things is a debrief from your episode that we featured in on People of Home. So uh, I don't know which one it's worth listening to first, but either way, um, it would be, be really cool if they, if they can both coincide. You can just jump from one immediately to the other. Yeah. And uh, 
listen to the to the to the chaos unfold <laughs> it it is very chaotic uh i still haven't edited that segment but i Fair. i'm looking forward yeah. to going through it and being like okay yeah that there that yeah um yeah definitely. I, I think it went really well but um with that let's kind of uh move in like that's what you're doing now um let's start moving towards the end of the episode which is where we talk about your future um, you, you want to make, you want to make this TV show, what other goals and, and things do you want to accomplish moving forward? Right. Um, world domination is always at the bottom of the list. So right before dying world domination. So, uh, at some point at like step 2 million and 95, I will be overlord of planet earth. And then you'll die. And then I'll die. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. That, that's everything done. That's everything ticked off by that point. So um, <laughs> building backwards, uh, after making my first TV show, and I'm really hoping to make Dead Inside, that short film I mentioned, I really want to make that into a TV show. So um, once that's been made, then I want to make a short film um, based in New Zealand again. I'm kind of trying to restrict myself to New Zealand just because that's how I'm going to get funding uh, <laughs> for films. So very selfish reasons. And then after that, I have some animated TV shows I would absolutely love to pitch to Disney um, and uh, to Disney XD. And I've, yeah, I've got some other TV shows that I want to put into works. Um, a documentary, a history documentary that's sort of explored in a fun way. So I've got lots of projects and ideas, but they all require funding and, of course, our most valuable resource, time. So at the moment, my priorities are to try and make as many friends and film as I can. So I can be like, yo, anyone want to make a TV show together for maybe like $150,000? Just a, just a small, wee, cheeky $150,000. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and if that's the case, then I can go ahead and make Dead Inside. And from there, everything just works. It just works. No further questions. Everything just goes along smoothly. I'm happy. Life is good. That would be awesome. Um, so I guess the last question I always ask um, is, is when you're, when you're at the end of your life, um, when, when you've accomplished world domination and the next step is dying and you know it's coming, right? You're like, I did the last yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the last thing I want um, to do. Yeah, so you're at yeah, the end exactly. of your life and you're looking back. Um, what what are you most proud of? And and what are the things in your life that you're most satisfied with? I've kind of known this for a while. Ever since I had that sort of big epiphany about the way I see the world and the moment I became very self-aware, I've kind of had this very obsessive idea. I really want to make the world a better place, which is a very abstract sentence but I really want to, I want to know that by the end of my life, I have made a difference for the planet I've been on that will outlive me. So, um, I, and I think the saddest thing about achievements is that often they're not celebrated until after someone passes. And maybe, maybe that's just the way it'll be, but I feel like that will be, that will be the thing I'd be happiest with. It's just knowing that someone out there or a large, or a large country or even an entire planet out there is knows as, as happy with the work I've done and I've made a, a, a permanent difference to this planet. So very, very noble, very noble goals there for an arrogant bastard like myself, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, that's definitely what I'd be liking. That's what I want to look back on and be proud of is that I've made a difference in someone's life. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I guess to, to wrap it up, uh, where can people find you and the work that you do? Yeah, sure. So um, my Twitter I exists. 
it's probably the best way to reach me as well. Uh, <laughs> it's Mario underscore SD, sorry, Mario underscore SDJ. Um, otherwise, you can email me. I'm always open to emails. Um, Mario Sadra Diong at gmail.com. Hopefully, that spelling will be somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, it'll we'll be in the again. show notes. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and yeah, in the my. Title, I guess. Yeah, sure. And so um, I can, I've got my Vimeo link on my Twitter. So if anyone wants to check out my previous projects, they can do that. Uh, otherwise, you can email me and ask for them. And then I'll be like, who are you? How do you know my name? How'd you get this email address? So uh, so either way, feel free to contact me. Um, I always love chatting with people. And I'm honestly really happy I could be on this episode, Alex. It's a great reason to wake up in the morning. So, uh, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me. No, no worries at all. Thanks for thanks for being a cool dude. And thank you for listening. Not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.